Hi, and welcome to another episode of Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. And this week we've got extra special super fan guest, Chris Rankin, joining with us again. I'm back, bitches. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! Uh, so I'm Jan. I'm Ren. And I'm MC. And I'm Chris. Woohoo! <laughs> so this week was the, the finale. This was the final in what seemed like a six month long season because we had our all stars going into season 10. So it just feels like it's been going on since, I don't know, 28, 2008 or something. Uh, we finally had a finale. Yeah, um, but I will point out that the finale felt like it was you know, six months long itself yeah. just itself you're waiting to get to the the important <laughs> bits but we'll cover that obviously in this yes. episode yes there was lots and lots and lots of filler and lots and lots of special guests saying stuff so it was it was warm and fuzzy in its own way but yeah lots of lots of extraneous stuff and not so much for the big finale so uh so we started out um in the very very beginning with a salute to the season one girls um as seen in season 10 costuming and lighting which was i thought it was pretty nice to see them and i, I like that ruse kind of giving the forgotten season a, a bit of a prop up again so people don't forget about these ladies too so yeah oh definitely i mean how different i what the how different is the style between drag queens of 10 years ago and drag queens are now i know the season one queens are still all working and still sort of important queens but the style difference between what was kind of of between their generation and this generation is just so different i think definitely yeah that? yeah i mean they're yeah they're very much like i guess it seemed to be like traditional old school drag for like so many yeah. years and now it's just like evolved into this whole other art form which is just amazing to me so yeah, well, I remember how Angina was red for filth for looking like a boy in a dress. Yeah. And last season, we had the bald queen winning, and this season, Aquaria seems to be allergic to wearing tits. Yeah, so. and Cameron doesn't, oh I mean, Cameron doesn't wear them a lot either. It depends on, on how she's feeling. So, yeah, I mean, and I think things have gotten a lot more avant-garde, a lot stranger. I mean, in a good way, not, you know, in a negative way. So I think there's a lot more playing with genres and, and and aesthetics and just everything it's not just sort of like you know a, a guy in a frock you know doing the thing now there's there's, there's so many yeah. different levels to it it's wonderful mm -hmm. and of course there's always fads with everything like that's just how the world works and it's the same thing with drag so i think you know things circle around again and I mean, it was just really nice seeing most of the season one girls. I mean, we didn't have uh, Tammy Brown, but I think she was on tour. Yeah, she, so. I, I know when the, this show aired, people were really worried and, oh, my God, where's Tammy? She was on tour. She was just really busy and couldn't make it back. So she no nefarious things going on there. She was just a busy working girl. So, But, yeah, everybody looks fabulous. I mean, she's kind of funny, you know, seeing I've only seen like season one once, I think, when they the first time they reran it. Um, so it was just nice to see everybody. I mean, I, I love Anjana anyway. I'm just like a huge fan of hers. And, um, yeah, I love Anjana and Chanel you know, yeah. and, great, and Nina Flowers. Oh, gosh. I love Nina Flowers. Yeah, oh, I, I would kill to see fantastic. her live. She looked, uh, I, I'm still yeah. sorry. I still feel, she was my favorite. She and Anjana were like the two people I wanted to win season one and they both looked so great. So, and also they're, they're also outside. They're not traditional drag, you know, either, which is great. So. They kind of were, if you think about it, in some ways, they were forerunners to what's going on now. So. Oh, God, totally. totally. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that was really exciting. And they all look fabulous. And then we got the season 10 queens in elimination order. So we started with Miss Vanjie. 
Who looked? Fangie. Fangie. <laughs> Fangie. Fangie. She looked great. I have to say, she really looked like fabulosity. I have to say, I don't think anybody out of the season 10 girls did not look fantastic. I mean, some of them looked a little bit better than others, but they all looked great. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's just like, if if only being on the show gave them more bookings, which gave them more money, which made them look more fabulous, that's great. I mean, that's the one thing about the show. Even if you don't win, even being on just the first episode, I mean, granted, Vanjie, like, went above and beyond what anybody thought of, like, the first eliminated in terms of making herself memorable, memorable. <laughs> But um, yeah, it, it's always like raises your your level big time. So it was great. Yeah, and everybody looked wonderful. And I'm glad Monet got that sponge in again. Yes, <laughs> yes. I just love the, the sponge coloring of her outfit. It was just it was just such a nod to her whole sponge it was great. thing. It was great. Full sponge eleganza. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the fact that Monique was wearing her her outfit was the orange with the cow print, which I thought was a really mm. nice. But it was like really high class cow print, so she got it. So yeah, and I like. Uh, calorie in an actual gown instead of the body suits that she was wearing for the two episodes. Oh, yeah. She looked, she looked really nice. She looked so good. Yeah, I, I think everybody did. I, I, again, you know, and this is just probably my prejudice, I feel like the Vixen, there was something off about the wig again, but her dress looked fabulous. I love the purple and gold and I like the makeup and stuff, so. Yeah, no, she looked really great. She, she looked the best I think she just looked all season, so. Yeah, it is a shame because I think they recorded this and then they had the reunion the next day and that's when everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket for her. But <sighs> yeah. yeah, at least everybody seemed to be getting along and having a good time there. So they all look great. And um, then we got our top four were uh, announced in alphabetical order. So we got Aquaria, who was wearing a black vinyl gown. Um, very well. Actually, I think the guy was wearing Aquaria. <laughs> uh, yeah, because because it's like, you know, it was moving independently of her. And she was yeah. like the shawl, you know? I felt like it was very, it was like a very Oscar de la Renta 80s thing with, with the ruffles and the one shoulder. And it was, it was a very big gown. And Aquaria is not a very big person. So, yeah, it was kind of, she was getting lost in it. And then um, Asia looked absolutely knock dead gorgeous in that red and gold thing. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Mm. That was one of my favorite outfits. Her and Yua were my favorite of the first runways. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I can now say, because we obviously we've seen this, I mean, the what happened with Asia was spoiled the night that the episode was filmed, which was like June 7th. So that was three weeks before this aired. So, and people were like leaking it all over the internet. I mean, even when she was posting, they were posting like emojis of butterflies and stuff. So I, my heart, as soon as I saw her, my heart went out to her because I knew where this was going. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God, you look so fucking stunning. I wish it had stayed at this level. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. But it was just like, that, I think that was one of the most iconic looks from anybody. She looks so fucking good. She um, looked like a queen. Yeah. No, she, empress of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And then I, I, I liked Eureka's outfit because I thought it was a nice little nod to, you know, Southern Southern Bells with the last name of O'Hare. O'Hara. Yeah. Um, I have an issue with okay. it. The first look was stunning. She looked great as Scarlett O'Hara. But then the reveal, I think it was a sign of things to come. It was unnecessary stunts. Yeah. That was kind of the, <laughs> the theme yeah. of this episode. And the second look wasn't as nice. Yeah, I, I, I like that it was a, and Ren is the 
gone with the wind expert here. So it's the 12 Oaks dress and I should know 12 Oaks dress. Yes. There was, there were Barbies of this, so I should remember the name, but yeah, I, I, the initial, when she came out in the Scarlet O'Hara, everything, I thought that was like really funny and really beautiful, but I agree. Yeah. When the, the skirt, the big skirt came off and she was wearing, but looked like it was basically like nineties, like prom dress, velvet short thing. It kind mm. of like, yeah, it did. Yeah. Escape from 90210. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she has a thing about tacky '90s aesthetic, which worked when she did the the uh, the family episode, but not necessarily here. And then Cameron looked really cute. She's just she was very princess, fairy princess Barbie again. Oh, she uh, was the anime princess, definitely with, with that headpiece. She was definitely definitely a uh, escape from Japan kind of thing in that. Yeah, in fact, there's a Barbie series that they just. Um, wrapped up which was like a fantasy uh like high-end fantasy it was called the faraway forest um designed by bill greening greening who's one of my favorite designers and i'll have to take pictures because cameron looks very much they just did like a, a fairy wedding foresty thing and cameron just looked like she was the the bride princess barbie fairy from that and, and it's like this is high-end collector stuff not the the playline stuff but even down to the headpiece so yeah it was just kind of cute but cameron's a gamer and cameron's into fantasy stuff so i guess that's part of her thing which is great but she looks so pretty she did yeah and then rue looked amazing too and just being rue and dancing with leather clad you know uh hot pants dancing boys <laughs> <laughs> what was with the leather clad dancing <laughs> pit crew oh i don't know it was and i'll tell you what that just moving on to the pit crew thing for a minute the because we get it in on netflix in the uk we don't get the commercial break so it's just really weird oh you poor like thing it's random i know it's just like these random 10 seconds of naff dance it's like what is this <laughs> yeah, yeah we got it and then they would like cut to a commercial so you kind of could get over it by the time we came back again after the 20 minutes of commercials mostly for at least in new york we got kinky boots kinky boots boys in the band Miss Cracker and Asia and whoever else went their tour. Um, for some reason, we had ads for Ginger Minge playing in Florida. She's got a one-person show. Um, yeah, we got that ad, too, in Chicago. Yeah, and then ma- a lot of makeup and whatever. So, yeah, so we, we got this long stretch, and then we would come back to Rue again. But I, that must be really disconcerting to just have them, like, bumped up against one another. So Yeah. Well, you can see even the contestants. They do some reaction shots when the guys are dancing. And even the, they, I mean, they look happy, but also a little confused at <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like they had to let Todrick do like one last bit of choreography. I don't know. Um, so then we got another, uh, the first of many messages of inclusion and in politics for the evening, which I, I give her credit because, you know, it's been a theme all season. And I think more so than ever we need to keep hearing that uh, especially with the kind of audience that uh, drag race is getting i know the the ratings are up through the roof this year so mm. um but yeah so we got something about inclusion of politics and then we went to a retrospective of each of the top four queens starting with because it was in alphabetical order was aquaria um so we got the interview with aquaria and personally i'll, I'll give her like i found her more engaging as a personality than i think she had been all season and she's grown on me um I really, really, really didn't like her. I should go back and listen to our early shows. But um, she's kind of mellowed. And I think this is more of like who she is coming out, which is good. So she because she seemed very not sure of sure of herself is possibly the wrong thing to say, but very comfortable in her own mind in this finale. Like she was on top of what she was saying. She was very much in control of her words. And yeah, she seemed to have really, really grown up by the time we got here. 
I definitely agree. I think a lot during the show, she was super nervous and just could not control what was yeah. going on in her brain through her mouth. And I think at this point, maybe it was like, okay, we've reached the end. Whatever happens, happens. And I'm just going to be good with it. And I found her to be fairly charming. Yeah, and I think the, at least earlier, there's a lot of arrogance. But I'm, you know, in retrospect, it's like, was that partially defensiveness? Because... Yeah, she wanted to be there and she wanted to. So I'm just going to be, you know, tell everybody how wonderful I am because that way it's convincing me that I'm wonderful. Whereas here she just, it's felt like that facade kind of melted away. And you're really seeing Giovanni for Giovanni, which was great. You know, i much more likable um, person there. And I, I thought it was really sweet. I, I liked seeing, you know, the fact that Giovanni's parents were there and how supportive they were. I kind of got a little weepy at that in a good way because it's like... You know, especially, as we said, you know, we're women of a certain age, especially Ren and I. And, you know, I grew up with having friends who just came out, you know, as gay um, and their families completely rejected them. And there was, you know, all that that horrible baggage. So to see a young person and seeing the parents who not only are OK with it, but encouraging was is just a very positive, very good thing. So that made me happy, especially knowing because I guess they're from Philadelphia and, you know, like. Italian Catholics from Philadelphia. It's like very, very specific ethnic group. And the fact that they're that open and cool with their kid is great. So props to Giovanni's parents. So, um, And she said that Asia, she felt Asia was her toughest competitor, to which I immediately said, oy vey. <laughs> Again, unfortunately, having been spoiled. So it's just like, well, she should have been. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, anybody, any other thoughts on the... the intro to or the, the last intro to Aquarius? The, the footage they showed made me re- realize how much I really didn't like her but then there was all wiped away by her like we said you know her talking you know with Rue and she's just a completely different person she's so much more mature which just proves you know what a difference a year will make at that age yeah because it's really yeah. about a year before, between the filming and now so yeah and I think we saw some of that evolution even on camera especially in terms of again props to Asia where Asia was just sort of calling her out when needed to be in a tough love way without there being drama and kind of guiding her in the right way. So I think, you know, I think she's got a lot of potential. I think she's going to go places. I'm still, you know, we'll talk about it later. Still a little bit on the fence about the winning, but I was not unhappy with any one of those four won, just like, especially after watching this episode again. It's like, yeah, they were all good. We're, we're all good there. Um, then we had a message from Oprah because when in doubt, bring in the big guns. So... <laughs> So there was a love fest from Oprah, um, but you know it's good. It's it's opening up more things, and again, big audience getting more people involved. Um, and then we went to a fan question. We brought out James Mansfield, and we got another political message this time from Aquaria in terms of inclusion again. Which again, yay! Um, and just aside, uh, Ren and I saw James last year um, when we were at DragCon. There was a live performance thing, and she was one of the people that was on. Uh, it was a season nine. Was it nine from nine? Yeah, nine from nine. Yeah, and I mean, I like James hadn't really connected with me, but when I saw her on stage, she is funny as fuck. She did a whole thing, a dance shtick with a puppet, and she's really, really cool. And I follow her on social media, and she's got a lot of like tutorials on makeup and stuff. So people should follow James because James is awesome. So I thought it was also really nice having uh, James up there. Really showed what a super fan Aquaria is because she immediately greeted her with "Hey Shapeshifter," which was james's uh intro line when on her season she's like hey shapeshifters so aquaria definitely knows her drag race <laughs> well she said she's been watching it since she was what 10 so which is just mind-blowing oh, yeah i know <laughs> oh, 
it's like it's also it's suddenly like hitting me uh that Aquarius is basically the same age as Ren's daughter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, so it's like, oh my god, babies. Um, well, um, Aquaria did say that when she was talking about watching season one that she really identified with Nina Flowers, which I definitely can see with Aquaria's avant-garde-ness. I mean, I don't think she's quite to <laughs> Nina's level yet. No. I, I, but I mean, who can be on Nina Flowers? Yeah, okay. I, this is. I'm glad you understood what the hell, because I made a note and like, I said, no, <laughs> what does this mean? So I've known you long yeah, enough that you I, know what the I, hell I'm talking about, which is good. Um, yeah. Um, so, but at least she's got very good taste. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, Rebecca Glasscock, who all I remember is that she was like the problem child of that season. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think she'll get to Nina's level eventually because Nina's been around, you know, for what, like 20 odd years at least. So we've got to Asia. And again, I made a note that she just looks so goddamn beautiful. Um, mm. Just that outfit. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, to me, like one of the things, Asia's aesthetic is so incredible. Like no matter what she does, it just... You know, lots of gushing here. Um, she and she was uh, she brought her drag daughter and her boyfriend, um, which was nice to see. So, you know, for all the the not having family thing, it was nice that she does have a support system and there are people who are there for her. So that's that's nice. Um, then we got a fan question from Gus Kenworthy, who's an Olympian. And I foolishly did not look up what he is an Olympian in. So <laughs> he's some kind of sports guy. Right. Sport uh, ball or sports yeah. games. Sports ball, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me go look that up just because I sound like an idiot here. I'm on it right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, freestyle skier. Oh. Oh, okay. He was cute. <laughs> he was definitely cute. Uh, and he asked about uh, whether or not drag queens get cat- catfished a lot online. So that was an interesting question. And apparently the answer to that is yes. I, I don't know. Uh, and then we got, um, Brew asked her to give messages like to her late parents, which made me oh, cry. Oh, that made me cry. Oh, made me cry too. I, I was in yeah. tears. Yeah. I think, um, actually, I think Chris may be the only one of us who hasn't lost a parent recently or so. Not recently. Yeah. No, my dad died when, my dad died when I was, uh, 19. So yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Okay. So the four yeah. of us, cause my, I lost my dad like a couple months ago, uh, MC lost her mom, Ren lost her mom. So it's just been like, yeah, it just hit mm-hmm. in like in the right and wrong spot at the same time. So, <laughs> but you know, that's one thing about Asia too. I think she's got a lot of heart and there's a lot of, she's a, she's a really smart queen. There's a lot of like thought and empathy and, and stuff there. So that was like a very moving yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had a whole shtick about slapping Rue and why she shouldn't slap Rue and oh. filler. <laughs> Hindsight's a bitch, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Asia, you should have just gone. For it. <laughs> yeah, was the other thing. Like, yeah, you just should have belted her. That would have been better. And then we got we went to commercials again. We came back. We came back to a message from Dame Judy Dench and Finty Williams, which I squeed. I'm just you know my you know British uh, actor love stuff came through there. So that was actually a nice little surprise. But more filler again. But hey, I might be willing to overlook the problematicness of whitewashing if. Dame Judy Dench did play RuPaul. <laughs> the only problem she'd have to be, she'd have to be on stilts because Dame Judy is like four foot eleven. She's like teensy weensy. She's, te- she's teeny weeny. <laughs> well, I- either she's on stilts or everybody else around there, like in a trench. Okay, there you, know? you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you film it like you did the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's not call Peter Jackson to direct. So then we went to Eureka, 
And um, Eureka said she was looking forward to lip syncing against everybody. She didn't have anybody specifically she was going out. And um, if she won, she had wanted to take the money for her mama's debts. Um, and her mom and her twin sister were there, which was really nice. So, um, And again, more. I got verklempt again because Eureka, like her or not, I mean, her. I think her love for her family and her connection with her mom and her sister is like really exemplary. So, And, and again, it's nice mm -hmm. to see family that supports, you know, their their family regardless their children regardless of what they're doing and how they're doing it so you know again family love good stuff um and the fan question was from mariah uh paris balenciaga yeah i can say mariah paris balenciaga um and it was in an episode of shag marry and kill <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if, if you had to like pick one of those three who would everybody pick here for shag marry and kill <laughs> silence <laughs> <laughs> oh come on you must have opinions <laughs> i'm on board with killing aquaria just <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd probably um marry cameron shag asia and kill aquaria yeah yeah see i think i would shag cameron and, and marry asia and but yeah i'd kill aquaria so <laughs> so there you go chris uh <laughs> <laughs> no no well well, if I if if I was if I was Eureka, is this? Yeah. Or no, oh, if you so was yourself, so. Okay. Well, there's four then. Um, <laughs> no, I'd kill Eureka. Um. Marry Asia. And then, yeah, why not? Both of them. Both <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so that we worked on that, and yeah, just. For anybody who didn't see it, she was going to uh, shag Asia, marry Karen, and kill Aquaria. Um, but she probably would anyway because, God, you know, Aquaria's just so tiny and Eureka's so big that she just would squash mm. her without trying. Um, and then we got to Cameron, and we found out, yeah, there was a little shade going on there because Cameron didn't tell anybody that she did share in her nightclub act. Um, so it wasn't just some organic, oh, look what I can do. I have a new skill. Um, but, hey, it she won, and it worked in her favor. Yeah, and the fan question came from BB, and it was just whether she got laid more in or out of drag. And apparently, Cameron doesn't get laid at all. So, um, or at least if she does, she's not kissing and telling. Yeah, <laughs> sure, pull the other one. Yeah, well, she seems to have a lot of time to like lie in bed, stone out of her gourd, like uh, and doing uh, Instagram messages. So, and she generally tends to be alone unless she's with her Mexican food. So, who knows? At least she's discreet, right? So, um, and then we saw her mom and her best friend were there, and um, then we got a grandma. And video. her mom, yeah. and her mom looks like Cameron from the Old Lady Challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she does. And it, like, wow. Yeah, and, and I just I noticed her mom had like a really cool tattoo on her shoulder too. She had like a flower. Yes. And yeah, her family again seemed really really cool, and I love the fact they share clothing and shoes, which means yeah, her mom must have really big ass feet because her mom didn't look that big. Um, <laughs> And then we got a video from her grandmother who actually was supporting her, which, again, tears. It was like a big, like, weep fest for the personal stuff, so. Yeah, uh, they showed the winner's reactions to actually watching the episode, and apparently Cameron had absolutely no idea about that and was, like, really trying to hold it, and the 
the the tears like there's a little tear egg up but she wanted to absolutely ball yeah i don't blame her i mean that i can't mean my grandmother stopped talking to me when i was 15 so for like to have your grandmother who you think is like religious and uptight and not gonna accept you to suddenly like be your big big fan must be just like mind-blowingly wonderful so good going grandma (laughs) yeah uh so then we got yet another retrospective this time from sally jesse raphael and while Uh, her voice is really aged (laughs) <laughs> then she saw she saw a total old lady that's like you're not that much old yeah they're not that old are you i guess you are okay <laughs> i thought it was nice i mean it it has been 10 years so let's do the retrospective so they did just do a retrospective in season eight when they had 100 episodes so oh, i guess yeah. they didn't realize they were gonna go for 10 years so but it, yeah, it was and- nice it was sweet yeah, and also, I mean, just the fact that it's become such a huge phenomenon in those 10 years, the point that now, you know, we should definitely, you know, they deserve kudos, 12 Emmy nominations coming up this year for the show, uh, between, I think it's 10 for the actual show and then two for Untucked, um, yeah. which is just mind-blowing again in a good way. Um, so, you know, Rue and, and everybody involved, the producers, the crew, all the queens still deserve it for actually building it up and becoming such a big thing and making it very, very mainstream, which to the point of um, this weekend is, uh, or actually it started today, San, San Diego Comic-Con. And I think it was last night or tonight, there's going to be a big cosplay slash drag queen show, not at the con, but adjacent to the con in San Diego. Cause I know Pandora is going to be there and a couple of other people. So um, really Pandora doing something to do with drag and geeks. I know. I, no it's way. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a drag show at a CCC. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all this, it's all inter, it's all connected. Um, so there, mm. uh, then we got more messages of inclusion and anti-Trump from Rue, which I didn't make notes of what she said, but we got a whole long thing. And that led into a mega mix of the season one, it was billed as season one versus season 10 lip sync eleganza extravaganza, but it really was just season one and season 10 girls lip syncing together, which was, you know, it was fine. Weird. Uh, and it was a mega mix of Rue tunes available on iTunes. Ping. Ping. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. It was I, cute, but not- it was. But had Coco done BB's makeup? Can I just. <laughs> <laughs> Like my note, my note on that bit says, "BB girl, how fucking orange do you look?" Like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, bless her. Uh, with BB, I was distracted by the fact that she always does the same move. She's yeah. always like with the shoulders yeah. going. That's yeah. it. That's all she does. Yeah, she's got the thing. Oh, I just my only real note was like, it, this is schmaltz, but it's really good schmaltz, so I'm okay with it. And again, it was a nice way of kind of bringing the whole thing in a nice big circle and giving the season one girls some more uh time in the spotlight with the season 10 girls who didn't win so it was, it was nice uh, it was you know it also gave rue's catalog, back catalog more exposure too so she could make more <laughs> itunes sales yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know given what's going on in the world right now i have to say that as, as kind of schmaltzy or silly as american may be it kind of made me a little emotional too so it was nice that it ended up that was where we kind of ended up at the end with that uh just a reminder you know that they're all americans americans red white and blue um and then we finally maybe we're getting to the lip sync finale but mm. <laughs> you know like one hour into this whole mess yeah yeah after yeah. you know more and more and more retrospectives and salutes to ourselves finally the lip sync finale um and it was time for the the wheel of morality turn 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 um tell us the the queen that 
<laughs> or you will burn. I don't know. Yes. Um, so all the queens had changed. And uh, first of all, the Aquaria, oh Aquaria looked like a fucking baked potato wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> that is what? the exact yeah. note that I have. Yeah. <laughs> what Same. the fuck was that? Yeah, and Eureka looked like the Grimace. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, after the the episode aired, there were a lot of like Grimace memes, and I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody except Cameron looked stupid. Yeah, and that's because everybody but Cameron was relying on stunts. Yep. And I guess I'm going to go on to this rant now. Go for it. Go for it. Why not? We're here. Okay, everybody wants to top what Sasha did last year. Yeah. But the thing people seem to forget is that, okay, the flower thing was absolutely beautiful, but it was simple. It yep. was easy to execute. Amen. And also she nailed that fucking lip sync right. regardless. Yeah. yeah, it was just, I mean, it was a prop, but it was a simple prop. And also she said, I don't remember what it was, but she actually had, a if this, it had been the, the other song, she had something else she had planned instead. Yeah. So she knew what she was doing and she had it all tightly controlled, but it was simple. And I said, my note here is like, why are there so many goddamn reveals? And everything was like over the top and relying on too many props and too many shticks that didn't need to be. I mean, like I said, Aquaria looked like a baked potato. Um, Asia, I, that outfit was horrible. The the huge like balloon. Awful. I mean, the butterflies in the hair and the the, the dress underneath was actually kind of cute. But those balloon boobs, because she was hiding two hives worth of butterflies in them, looked absolutely ridiculous. It was like over the top and and awful. And yeah, Eureka looked like the grimace. And Cameron was really simple. She was wearing a kimono and she had a reveal, but it was just a simple. Okay, this is what I've got on underneath without going crazy. So. Yeah, uh, Cameron did some interviews afterwards and said, I couldn't think of any stunts to do, so I was just going to nail those lip syncs. And she did, because she's Cameron, and she knows how to turn the party. Yeah, and it was just like, everybody, everybody relied too much on this stuff, no matter what they were doing. And even if it, I I think probably it's maybe a thing where if you're in a, a theater and you know there are somebody's on a stage from a distance and maybe more and you're caught up in the moment it might have been a little bit more exciting than watching it on a tv where it's up close and the camera's there and you're sort of like oh girl what the sure. hell are you doing but at the end of the day it's a tv show yeah no exactly and aquaria and eureka like looking at them you can just see it's like oh there's gonna be a reveal there's gonna be a reveal yeah. it's almost like in um uh, All Stars season two, when uh, Alaska came out with the the almost like the trash bags, and then here's little pound cake. It's like there's no like first outfit. There's just the second one, and it's just like here it is. No, you need to actually like construct more things. Like you can't. Oh, right, and that was I hated. Yeah, it. and again the same thing as we were saying about Sasha. She was just wearing last time. She was wearing a wig. Nobody knew she was going to take off the wig, yeah. and there was going to be rose petals. So it, the aesthetic worked from the beginning. It wasn't like okay, there's a stunt happening because you're telegraphing it because you look like a fucking baked potato, or you're wearing a big purple fluffy thing that you, and it looks like you're wearing six layers underneath it, which of course she was. So yeah, uh, so the wheel of fortune turned, 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 and Cameron picked Asia. And actually, um, Cameron had said because uh, Cameron got picked to be to make the pick. Um, Cameron said also later on in um, interviews that there was actually like a terrifyingly long period where she did not know who to pick, which they cut out on 
screen. Um, and she just, at the end, she was so nervous, she just kind of blurted out Asia without any plan or any thought about it. It was just like, she had to pick somebody. And she finally said, okay, I'll go with Asia. But she panicked. Well, it turned out in her favor. Yeah, oh, yeah. it did. But it was, there, she said, there was like no calculation. She she was like so like focused on what she was going to do and not even thinking about any strategy or, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just, okay, I'll, I'll go with Asia. Um, and yeah, those butterfly boobs were scary. Um, and again, I was spoiled for this. So when I was watching this the first time, I was on the edge of my seat saying, oh my God, how bad is this going to go? Because the descriptions of people in the theater that were on the internet were just like unbelievable. Everybody was I horrified. Think, I, th- <laughs> I think Monique's face sums it up for yes. everybody. Yes. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, so the song choice was Nasty by Janet Jackson. And... Um, I, you know, I love Asia. I love Asia. I love Asia. But it's like, I know she said afterwards, because she got dragged so badly for this. And I feel terrible. Um, you know, Mick Jagger learned in 1969 that butterflies and live performances don't mix. Um, because there was a concert that they did in Hyde Park in London. And it was like 90 billion degrees out. And he had a box of butterflies that he was supposed to let out in tribute to Brian Jones. And they all died in the box. Now, the, the rumor was... When she, yeah, so he was like basically throwing boxes of dead butterflies into the audience at Hyde Park. Um, so yeah, you don't use live animals, especially live insects on stage. But what, what Cameron, uh, what Asia said afterwards, um, once things calmed down was, I guess they were alive, but they had to be at a certain temperature in order to actually like the, to get going so, to wake yeah, up so they yeah. were kind of in hibernation and that was the problem because the rumor was when she was there they were all they had all died on her and she was throwing around dead butterflies but watching it especially the second time i could see they were actually moving slowly because they a couple yeah. of them like blew into her hair and they like flew back and there were a bunch of them still in the netting in those stupid boobs so oh, yeah. but, it was just yeah. it'd been way, just way too hot in there yeah that's, like that's what it comes down to yeah yeah uh, I think if you listen to both of the songs, I don't think the butterflies were appropriate no. for either of the no, songs. No, I, I don't they know weren't. who. Like, I know this was her idea, but why? This makes you know, especially. I mean, I guess if, like Mariah Carey has you know butterflies associated with her. Maybe if it was a Mariah song, but Janet does not like ever make me think of butterflies. <laughs> it feels like she'd found a dress and a style of a dress and a a look that worked. And then went, right, what can I do to Sasha this up I know live butterflies and that was it yeah also I don't think that even if the butterflies had been like fully awake and that they had flown out I don't think it would have been all that impressive because you can't like store enough butterflies in there to like make it like work to give it a wow factor especially viewing it in the audience yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's and also like it's janet jackson so it's kind of like a really hardcore dancing it's not like a slow ballady thing where maybe releasing butterflies from your wrist because i think she had boxes on both wrists Mm. and your boobs might be like oh look it's so pretty and you know there's an aesthetic and look there's pretty butterflies because it's kind of slow and ballady and romantic this is like nasty boys (laughs) you know (laughs) it just but it didn't work yeah it would have been better, like, even if it had been right for the song choices she had, it would have been better if she'd just had live butterflies in her hair to start with and they'd just gone, rather than these ridiculous tits. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And there was, it, the problem is also she was futzing so much while she was trying to dance. But Cameron was, like, tearing up the, the stage, and rightfully mm. so in her bodysuit, and... Mm-hmm. Asia was like she 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 was futzing with the boobs and she was trying to get the, I mean, she was like playing with her 
props in her bodysuit too much. There was just like she wasn't focused on the song, and it it it, yeah. it made me so sad because she's such a good entertainer, and I don't know what yeah. what happened to her head and why she thought this was a good idea. So and why no and one just, told her differently. I think she got in her head. And the and it looked so bad afterwards. Like when she was stood there when when Rue was doing when Rue was doing the I've made my decision bit. She's just got these two like saggy nets just hanging from where the boobs were. It's just like yeah, you know. At least with Sasha, when the wig came off, it was still a full outfit. It was a, still a full costumed thought through thing. Whereas she just had this kind of like empty shell. Yeah, yeah and I think there were still like, a couple of butterflies yeah. clinging in there to the netting, which made it even worse. It was just, oh bless, just yeah. I felt so sorry for her. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. My heart broke because I I really. Coming into it, I mean, I felt like she could have been the one to, like, grab the crown and probably deserved it, especially because, you know, she's got some maturity. She's got, you know, some chops in there. So she's really worked yeah. hard for the. Not that Aquaria hasn't worked hard, but Aquaria's still, like, 21 years old, has gone to Asia in her 30s, who's been, and she's been through so much that I thought, yeah, she's she's got this in the bag. And it just, like, completely went uh. to hell. So- yeah. Well, it's, you know, to use, you know, like a sports ball metaphor, it's, it's like when you're in, you know, the bottom of the ninth and all of a sudden you choke up because you're overthinking things. I think that's exactly what happened to her. She's just like, I, I'm right here. I could do it. I could do it. I got to make it big. Oh, it doesn't work. Yeah, out. I know she said that she like rehearsed it and rehearsed it and worked with, you know, people who knew what they were doing and it worked so well in rehearsal. But it's like, it's even if had it gone, everything had gone right, as Chris said, you know, it, I don't see how it could have worked just because it was too complex and it was too... There were too many things she was relying on, and it distracted from the actual performance to me. So, oh, they are a hundred percent changing the rules for Drag Race. Wow. You could not use live animals. Yeah, no, that that, that should have been. It's like, and I think from what Asia said, she didn't tell anybody she was going to do this, so nobody knew it was happening yeah. until it was happening. So it was when like a stage manager would have said, "No, you can't do this," and she'd have to rethink it. It just kind of. It was a big, deep, dark secret, and oh, Asia, girl, we love you. But, but no one, but no yeah. one said it. No one had the guys apparently to tell her ahead of time. You know, this is, may not be the, the idea you're looking for. Yeah, I, well, I think she kept it so like she said she didn't even tell her boyfriend. So it was like her and whoever she worked with, and it was you know she was keeping it all wrapped in secrecy, and so there was nobody to edit at all, and that was a bad thing. Um, and I felt really bad because, you know, when Rue was doing the deliberations, Asia knew she fucked up. I mean, you could just, it was on her. Oh, she knew she, she knew. was gone. She and again, heartbreaking because I, I, I was, if I was pulling for every, anybody, I probably was pulling for her a little bit more. And, but you can't blame anybody. There's no, like, you know, there, there's no conspiracy here. She did it all to herself, unfortunately. So, um, so mm-hmm. and Cam kind of pulled it out and she, she was simply, you know, I don't want to say simplistic because that's that sounds like judgment. It was simplicity, but in in the right way. So yeah, and she did what she had to do, and that's why Cameron, I think, has been kind of this like lethal little you know underdog the whole way through because she surprised people, and again, like she's a lip sync assassin. So uh, then we got to Eureka versus Aquaria, and the song was "If," um, and ugh, on both of ugh. them, just <laughs> hot mess and hot mess, hot hotter, messier. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 Shantae, they both stay because you're both so mediocre. We can't decide like which one's worse. worse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so Aquaria took off the the tin foil, the, the aluminum foil, and revealed a peach spiny thing and a Vanjie fan. Um, and I thought I didn't like the outfit at all. I, I don't know. I mean, again, like some of Aquarius 
looks are just not my thing, so I sometimes don't know if I'm just missing the point or no pun intended, or it was just freaking ugly. So <laughs> kind of reminded me of like an extra from the Super Mario Brothers movie back <laughs> in the nineties. An extra from the Super Mario Brothers movie wearing a sequined version of Milk's weird crocheted boob thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot oh. about that one. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. It also felt, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, the Christmas ball thing that Shangela did with the spines, the inflatable thing. Yeah. But somehow oh, yeah. that was like a wow factor. And this was just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so we got that. And then later we got a reveal when she pulled off one set of cone tits to have real life sequin cone tits underneath which did nothing for me and then but she had tits but she had tits though this is true the first time all 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 season she had tits of a sort well except for the ones in the american video which were the the sort of john paul gautier inspired ones but they flopped around and sat badly on her these this at least was in the right spot and they held up where they were supposed to but yeah it was just an oh girl moment and then we started with one of many reveals from eureka (laughs) First, we had uh, a wig reveal. Uh, so the was it uh, the red wig was the typical Eureka loaf underneath, and then the purple thing came off and became a red fringy thing. Um, and I, I'll give Aquaria props, and she had some really slick moves. I think when she started actually performing, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, she can move. She's small. She's talented. So she was like yeah. kind of burning up the stage that way. Her da- her dancing was good, and I believe that i've read that actually a lot of the choreography is the choreography from that video okay i, huh. I, yeah, don't, know. I don't know that janet song so uh whereas eureka was just relying on stunt after stunt after stunt so then we got I'm the red- doing that same fucking twerking thing she's done in every <sighs> single lip sync yeah and and the leg uh, kick yeah. which is impressive because she's like seven feet tall and can do it but yeah, she needs a new choreographer. Yeah, I, I, did the splits, I roll my yeah. eyes. Yeah. She did the splits as usual, and then she did bouncing on her splits as usual around the floor again. And it's just like you need a new, you need some new moves. Yeah, yeah. And... She does the same like four moves over and over again. And I'm sorry, Eureka, I like you well enough, but I'm so bored of her lip syncing. Yeah, I agree. And she, she's not great either. I don't think like she spends a lot of time facing the back. Yeah. Which I, which I, which really annoys me because that is that's cheat that's cheating. It's cheating. Yeah. Um, yeah. and when even when she is, I don't. I know it's probably. I, correct. Forgive me if I'm wrong and I'm making an assumption, but maybe it's because she's got that southern drawl to her that maybe she's sort of she's not quite as tight Jordan as tight lipped as some of the like the New York queens and things like that. But her lip syncing seems really lazy to me. Like her mouth's moving at the right time, but you're not really believing it yeah the enunciation isn't there and then she relied on yet another bodysuit reveal um so it was the silver and black thing so yeah there was like it was just like one reveal after the other and it wasn't even like a wow oh my god it was again it was not like sasha where it was like holy shit what are you doing and where it was artful it was just like okay look at this and look at this it's just like presto changeo okay stop yeah. um and yeah, I, you know, Clara had the advantage in terms of size and moves. She was, like, doing some great moves. She did cartwheels. She was, like, tearing up the floor. Um, and we got a double chante. But it, to me, Aquaria looked pissed at the end of it. I don't know if she was shocked, pissed, what, but she was not happy. Hey, that's no fair, because she's the one who wanted there to be a second double chante so that she could get saved. Right, exactly. And this time it <laughs> happened. Her wish yeah. was granted. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting because there were uh, reading just like people in the audience actually like some people thought that Aquaria they cut out they said that she slipped or there was like some mess some issue that she had on stage that made them think that Aquaria uh, that Eureka should have won the lip sync which I don't know because they both again. Uh, I love Eureka, but this was not her greatest performance. And I don't know. I I found what Aquaria was wearing was kind of detracting. So I they both were kind of, yeah. They were both mediocre. They were okay. So. I mean, like, the thing is, uh, the finale song was for three people. Right. So there was definitely going yeah. to be three finalists. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think yeah. it came out the way that Rue intended it to. I think Rue thought that Asia was going to come through. You're, but... not, you're, not, you're not suggesting by any chance this was a whole like contrived thing. Oh, no, right? never, never, never. Oh, never. Oh, yeah. goodness, no. I figured that they thought that Cam was going to like be left on the side of the road, probably. Um, and yeah, it was going to be Asia, but Asia just completely screwed the pooch on that because it seemed like way too, it wasn't like, oh, well, okay, we'll pull out a three-part song at the last minute. No, they were told to prepare this. So obviously, yeah, um, it's, yeah. something's a little fishy here um, and not just the fish. I mean, it's reality TV. We always know that reality is in quotation marks. Yeah. So I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, I know. It was just, it was kind of funny. Um, and so we were going to go to the three parts lip sync for the finale, but first Miss Congeniality. So, um, and again, this was spoiled the night for me, the night of it, because I was just like reading something innocuous and all of a sudden people just jumped in and congratulations to Monet. I'm like, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I knew about that, but I, I think it was well-deserved and I know people were upset. Some people were upset that Asia didn't get Miss Congeniality, but apparently the, um, the top four, nobody's allowed to, if you're in the top four, you're not allowed to be part of that. They're never. Yeah. They're never eligible for. I mean, yeah. it, except for the first season, but the first season was really strange. Um, I really hope that they continue this trend of having the queens vote for Miss Congeniality. Oh yeah, well, way more sense. Yeah, well, they, they used to. They used to. The first couple times they gave the award, the queens themselves voted for them. It was only when people actually started watching the show in large numbers that they went to this this popularity thing instead. What like season four yeah. when they. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, whether Rue was, you know, being honest or not about there being some kind of irregularity, I know, like, nobody was happy last time because basically Valentina should not have been Miss Congeniality, but she huh. had such a huge fan base that they overran everybody else, and that's why she wound up with it, because God knows Valentina may have fans, but a lot of queens don't like her. Uh, there's a lot of shade about Valentina. So, uh, but we got Nina Flowers um, first, and then uh, Valentina via remote. And another joke about outside interferences in elections, which seems scarily prescient, uh, given this week. Uh. Um, but, hey. Uh, so then season 10. And also, I agree, because it's like, if anybody's going to know who's congenial and who really gets along with people, it's the other queens, you know. We can watch whatever we watch, but we know there's editing. We know there's a lot of stuff that we don't see on camera. So I'm perfectly fine with the actual people involved with each other making the choice. And bravo, Monet, because... You know, she, yay! I love Monet. So. Love Monet. Yeah. yeah, and she just seems like a really. I just would like love to hang with her. She just seems like a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. And then we got our last year's uh, reigning queen, Miss Sasha Valor. Yes, Sasha. Yes. Oh my God. Oh. Hey. Oh. <laughs> oh, she looks yeah. so gorgeous. Yeah, and she like came up with this idea. She said it was a some combination of Alien and Lilith, and then Eve. Um, yeah. so, uh, 
Yeah. You know, I, again, you know, we were talking about how everybody was overthinking and over planning. Is it something? Sasha is like such an intellectual queen, but somehow it, she's got the aesthetic and it all works right. I mean, you know, I yeah. don't always know if I my brain is going where her brain is going, but it doesn't matter. Because just to look at her and everything, all the pieces always fit right. So, oh my God. So yeah, she looked fucking amazing. So. I love her. Yeah. I need I to her. see more of her. Um, in fact, I, I think there's going to, there may be some other nightgowns thing going on around drag, uh, drag race, drag con New York in September. So Bren and I will have to see whether we can figure out whether we can go. Cause I don't want to go to Brooklyn, but uh, nah. yeah, but I definitely need to go to a nightgown show at some point because it's just amazing stuff going on there. Uh, then we got to the final lip sync, finally, after what felt like 400 years. Um, and everybody had new outfits. Um, and they were all surprise, bodysuits. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, all bodysuits. Uh, so Aquaria was... Actually, I liked what Aquaria was wearing. It was black and gold and kind of vaguely police cop, bat-winged. I don't know. I, I, somebody else can describe it, perhaps. But it was... It looked nice. It was, it was nice. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. And Eureka was wearing, uh, I don't know, like five corsets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was a hot mess, and her wig was a hot mess. And again, I love Eureka, but this was not her best night. And um, Cam, again, simplistic. It was black and red and kind of fantasy and very pretty. And then she pulled off. She had a reveal, but again, simple reveal. She just took off the skirt, and there was like a nice corseted bodysuit underneath. Uh, and the song was Bang Bang by Jesse J, Ariana uh grande latte and Mickey Minaj um and I don't know the song really well but it was good and oh well we had reveals and we had more reveals from Eureka and more reveals and then Aquaria pulled out sparklers and I don't know I liked I liked Aquaria's reveals in this one I liked the little stunts in this one that were they were they were simple and quick and done yeah that's how I felt too and those I loved those sparks those fingertip spark things just yeah yeah, I think because there were three of them and there was not, they weren't choreographed together. They were all kind of like trying to pile on. So I think a lot of Aquarius' performance got lost. I would have loved loved to see her do something like that on her own on a stage because I think mm. it would have worked. Not that I didn't like it, but I think it would work much better if you actually could concentrate on her and not Cameron doing, you know, uh, cartwheels behind her and Eureka doing the kicks and the splits and the things behind her again. And yeah, it was just like very busy. So it was hard for me to like keep track of anybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, the three-way lips, it was just, you know, it was like bumper cars and everybody's, like, <laughs> running into each other. But I have to say, like, uh, for me, Eureka completely faded into the background. Yeah. It's like, Eureka's just doing Eureka's thing. So that's when I knew she lost, because I just couldn't pay attention to her. I do think that Aquaria, I liked her stunts, because they were very simple, and they, were, they just kind of happened, and she was able to keep going. And Cameron did her Cameron thing and was really good at it. So I think it was down to Aquaria and Cameron to win. But of course Aquaria is going to win because, well, I'm sorry, Cameron can't be America's dr- next drag superstar. No. 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 Um, so, of course, it was it was going to be Aquaria in the end. That's, yeah, it was Aquaria at the end, and it was just so over- underwhelming. Because it's like it's been telegraphed since the first episode that oh yeah, Aquaria's gonna win. And so, you know, to go through this whole season and then see so many talented queens, you know, fall out and fall out and fall out and, and, and have it come down to the last lip sync and then and it's like, Oh, oh yeah, okay, where are we at? Because can't have Cameron be be it, you know, so 
Yeah, it it was definitely underwhelming. I mean, I like Aquarian. I said she's she's really really grown on me. Um, but there are times during the season that I thought she should have been in the bottom two, or she should have been clocked for stuff that she wasn't. And it was obvious that Rue was like all starry eyed about her from like day one. And so it was not that it was. I don't want to say it was a fix because obviously I think that. Had Asia not screwed up, it could very easily have gone to Asia and probably should have. But in the end, unfortunately, or fortunately for Aquaria, and this is not to knock her because she's got a lot of talent, it went to her because everybody else like kind of screwed up around her. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I like mm-hmm. Eureka, but the the you know the the reveal and the reveal and the reveal of the corset and the big girls are going to win or whatever it was, it was just like, well, that's nice. It just it yeah it it did not work at all. No. It's desperation that. Not, yeah. yeah. And I think with Aquaria, I mean, you do say that it was telegraphed from the beginning. Um, I mean, of course, it's edited after they've already filmed all of the episodes, so they might have, you know, thrown in, you know, the winner's edit for her. But I really think that actually Drag Race needed a nice, clean win for once, uh, because mm-hmm. the last two seasons, obviously with All-Stars 3... Trixie's win was very controversial and as much as I love Sasha like I adore Sasha but there was so much controversy surrounding her win too so I think it's like Aquaria won how many challenges like four three never in the bottom so yeah I think yeah there was no chance that Cameron who had been in the bottom so many times was going to Right. No, if nothing else, the numbers didn't lie. You know, and it's not like it was some, it came out of nowhere that Aquaria, like, you know, if it had been, I can't even think of it, somebody who had, like, really been in the bottom. Not even Cameron, because Cameron at least, like, proved she was a lip sync assassin. Um, yeah, where it was like, why did you let this person win again? So, yeah, I, and like I said, Aquaria has grown on me, so I was not unhappy that she won, but I, it would have been nicer if it had been a really wow factor or somebody, you know, like, when Jinx was there and I was pulling for her the whole season and it was just like such an amazing thing for her to win. So, yeah. Um, but you know, props to Claire. In fact, a drag con she's going to be doing for VIP ticket holders. She's going to be doing a performance, which I'm actually excited about because I want to see her live because sometimes, you know, seeing somebody on a TV screen or a film screen and, you know, occasional interviews as compared to seeing them performing live in front of your face is like a big deal, you know? So I, I'm excited by it. And, she's she's got the heart she's got the hunger for it so you know she's redeemed herself in a lot of ways so we'll see but this season it's just i don't know um it's been a long slog (laughs) well there is a really good question to ask uh we have three different uh crowning formats we have when they crown in the final episode of the show on the runway we have the reunion and when they do a crowning, and then there's this lip sync for the crown. What do you think is the best format for them to do it? Ooh. Do you think they should keep changing it up? Do they need to do something new entirely? I think after doing two of the the lip sync for the crown and people not being necessarily happy, I mean, I think people are more happy this time, but I know last there's still people that bring up that Shay should have won just compared to last time in stunts. And I think this year has proven with this, all the stunts and the reveals that it's it's they're no longer lip syncing for their life it's much more like 
reveals and shtick and props for their life. So I think they need to find something else before it gets like, because otherwise people will be setting themselves on fire. And <laughs> yeah. And exploding limbs and I bursting out of giant eggs. I don't know. It's just like the, 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 the shtick factor is getting a little too crazy. So I think Bruce got to find some other way to, to wow it up again. But I, yeah, I think I heard Alaska say somebody tears away their skin and there's rose petals <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Uh, and also, you know, otherwise, just I guess in a way, it's good to like for the crown at least to have something a little bit of a surprise factor because this year's format was very similar to the last time season nine's format in terms of the wheel and just the random lip syncs or whatever. So I, I don't know. I, I as a you know, like from a producer's point of view, I'm not sure what I'd want to do, but I think they need to find something different. So, well, I think my only problem with that is that we already know that spoilers get out there like even with this format you knew all about the end of the butterflies and miscongeniality and i think a lot of people were able to kind of intuit that aquaria had won just based even though that they had filmed uh three different crownings just based on the performances so i think no matter they're damned no matter what so yeah i think the only way they could get away with more surprise factor would be is that it actually was a live show um, as compared yeah. to taping it live three weeks in advance and then having, you know, half the audience, despite NDAs being signed or whatever, rushing to Reddit and, 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 or even if they're not gushing, making comments or like, because if you went and followed anybody on social media, just doing social media and all of a sudden you see all these butterfly icons, you know, butterfly emojis, every time Asia is mentioned, you know, something is up. Or somebody just blurting out out of nowhere, oh, congratulations to Monet on Monet's Instagram page. I mean, it, it's just, it would have to be something literally live and, you know, simulcast around the world, which, I mean, at this point, Rue is big enough that maybe she could pull it off. But yeah, it's got to be something very different because either, either that or it's got to be something so closed and with no audience where it's just, you know, you know, Rue and, and the judges and the contestants in a room with, you know, minimal crew and... Hopefully nothing getting out, but things still kind of get out. So I, I don't know. It's it's a mess. <laughs> but but that three week time lag was like a lot too. So yeah, they, they needed to either shorten that length or even just do it live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, and it was funny because when the show starts, I mean, you know, Michelle actually said live from you know blah 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 in Las Ve- Los Angeles, and it was like live three weeks ago, live <laughs> like. This is not a live broadcast. That would have been a lot, you know, even if it was that, like a Saturday Night Live thing where it's like, you know, you've got a short delay. That would have been much better than, you know, this and for the suspense factor. Well, anyway. I mean, they, they manage it for the Oscars. They manage it for like the BAFTAs. Yeah. They manage it for awards shows everywhere, don't they? They start they start shooting it at six, seven o'clock in the evening and it goes out at ten. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. totally doable. Yeah, I think that would have to be that would be the only way to be able to do it, unless Rue feels like she needs the time to like deliberate and look over things. Well, let's and, face it. Yeah. Let's face it. Rue probably needs several takes on most things. <laughs> <laughs> she said herself yeah. in this episode she can't remember most of the last ten years. So. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but even like, you know, like looking at reviewing videotape or something and looking over and seeing who did what and then making decisions based on that. Because I think it's hard when you're actually like live and watching it to like pick up on nuanced things. But I don't know. 
Well, what they need to do is they need to have all of the Drag Race Hall of Fame people in some room somewhere where they can send the video to them so that they can watch instant replays like they do with hockey. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, do it like the Olympics and have the judges, you know, like with ice skating where they, you know, they you do your thing and then they sit and they actually watch as, the tape as they go on and then like come back with your deliberations like 10 minutes later, you know. And you put the scores up on the, the board. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I think they've got to mix it up again anyway, just because the lip sync. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, as much as, you know, drag, being a drag superstar is partially lip sync. That's not the only thing, too, because like we were saying, Eureka was not good here. But when it came to like acting challenges and other stuff, Eureka like cleaned the floor. So what what's the criteria, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the whole reason they did the lip sync for the crown is to make up for the fact that the lip syncs last season were so poor mm. and the lip syncs this year were pretty good. So, yeah, it's <sighs> so congratulations to Aquaria. And, you know, we're looking congratulations forward to Aquaria. See yeah. what yeah, you're maybe. doing in future, because we know Aquaria listens to us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Everybody listens to us. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I will say, you know, as I've pointed out, Cameron Michaels keeps liking our Instagram posts. Whether or not he actually bothers to, like, listen to anything we say, I don't know. But he likes that I mention their name, you know, people's names and the, the hashtags and, and, and that there's mention of the show. So there's that. And also, Yay. And also Alexis Michelle's, I think it's Alexis's manager, who also I think is Alexis's partner, um, has liked us a couple of times. So that kind of makes me happy, too. So. And Alexis is a good friend of Dusty Ray's, so you know we're we're, we're just in there. <laughs> I liked Dusty Ray. I want to oh, I love Dusty. Dusty. Yeah, I really love Dusty's. I mean, I follow Dusty on social media, and aside from being extremely cute in and out, and out of drag, I love the fact that Dusty's whole thing is like punk rock aesthetic, and she sings like live punk rock and stuff. So it's it's different. So very New York queen for me. So yay, yeah, I love Dusty. Yeah, I like Dusty a lot too. So that was season ten. Yeah. yeah. Where, where would you where would you rate it? Where would you rate season ten and compared to other seasons? Was this a better season? Was this a worse season? Was this kind of like boring? There's definitely been better seasons. Yeah. I think this is kind of right in the middle. Yeah. Right? I was gonna say like to me like season I think season five that's Jinx's season, right? I think that yeah. was like my yeah. favorite season. Um, but compared yeah. to, I want to say season seven, is that the Violet Chachki? Yes, yeah. yes. I, I would say that was one. The season seven is one of the worst for me, just because all the challenges and everybody was just awful. As much as you know, Violet has grown on me a little bit as a person, and I like her aesthetic and stuff. It was just season seven was like such a drag. So yeah, I, I would put this in the middle of things. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It had some good moments, but what a mess. <laughs> Yeah, it was a season. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it a lot of times, having uh, season 10 right after All-Stars 3 mm. was really tiring. Yeah, and it's like we couldn't even, like, for me, just trying to process and even get over, like, the outrage at the end of All-Stars to then suddenly be thrown into the deep end of, like, 14 queens the following week. It was just bad, you know, you needed a little bit of a break, even if it was, like, a month or two, just to, like, catch your breath and then like go in fresh so yeah and i'm really wondering what's gonna happen next year because they've already filmed season 11 and i think they've started filming all stars full um but it'll be interesting to see where everybody goes from here um i think you know I, the other thing that this season especially like her or not i think the vixen has kind of brought things to the forefront in terms of just the fandom and 
again, unfortunately, the toxicity of fandom, um, which, you know, is true in other fandoms, too. Uh, but there's been a lot of problems oh, yeah. with with queens and racism and just the treatment of people they decide they don't like. And like I said, poor Asia was being dragged so badly over the butterfly things and people were vicious. And there was a lot going on with Asia afterwards to the point where she was threatened to, you know, somebody threatened to like burn her alive if they could get her, which was why. Oh my God. That's why she was so upset when it came to New York pride. And she was going through this whole healing process because she flipped out and I can't blame her. Um, And it's like, you know, we can sort of say, you know, oh, honey, you know, with the butterfly thing, but that is not a reason to threaten somebody's life at all. I mean, no, no. Yeah, it's horrible. We've all worn things we shouldn't have worn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. lived through the 80s, damn straight. <laughs> Can't we all listen to Alyssa Edwards? It's not personal, it's drag. Yeah. I, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Especially these days, we're saying drag has evolved to the point where, you know, Alaska can show up wearing a rubber horse's head and it's drag. It's it's cool, man. You know, it's yeah. so. Um, and the other thing about Aquaria, just a little thing that I just remembered to mention, too, is which is actually cool. Aquaria is the first, like, second generation because she's Sharon Needle's drag daughter. So this is the first time we've had a mother-daughter yes. win. In the 10 years, and I have a feeling we're going to see more of that since, as we've said, we said earlier on, there are a number of connections, family connections going in this year, especially with... There's the, a number of O'Haras. Yeah, there's a number of O'Haras, and mm-hmm. also the Bob, uh, you know, Monet is uh, Bob's drag sister, and Cracker is yeah. her drag daughter, so I think we're seeing a lot more uh, familial connections and stuff, which is, is cool, but um, yeah, I just wish, and I wish this for fandom in general, because God knows we've been seeing it over and over, and doctor who fandom and star wars and star trek and all this just this toxicity and this not being able to let people just do the things they need to do and if you don't like it just walking away and feeling this whole fandom fandom entitlement and stuff which is just not making fans of being fans of anything much fun anymore so uh hopefully it's not in the harry potter fandom i don't know what oh no it's everywhere it is everywhere but i think it's 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 one of the problems that happens when when our sort of our geeky underworld becomes mainstream isn't mm-hmm. it you know yeah it's like all of a sudden and it's funny because you know just the geek space in general um you know it's if people are suddenly so you know feel so infringed upon and feel like they have to fight and only their way is the right way and that's why i'm glad i you know we're still getting a lot of messages of inclusions and love and we should because you know in the end it's it it is just drag it's just you know people in costumes there should not be death threats yeah. and and stuff if you don't like it go watch somebody else god knows there's you know hundreds and thousands of drag queens out there find somebody you do like and leave it alone yeah, and i mean even when it comes to tv shows about drag there are other tv shows about drag these days i mean you could watch dragula you can watch drag race thailand which actually even um the fashion photo review has been doing some reviews of drag race thailand which I need to check it out because I've heard it kind of feels like early seasons of Drag Race. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and also, I, I mean, I've seen like pictures and like some video clips, but it's also it's a different aesthetic because it is Asian as compared to American produced. So I think that would be kind of interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I really need to check out Dragula because I keep hearing about the Boulette brothers and I've seen uh, some people, friends of mine have like watched it and they're friendly with them. So because that's kind of more like gothy, spooky, geeky, isn't it? Yeah, so definitely. So, another aesthetic which I personally love. So, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot, and as I mean, I've gushed about the TV series Pose, which has been sort of eye opening in juxtaposition to everything that's going on because it is about ball culture in the 80s and seeing how much that even drag race has taken from it and also learning more about like drag families and just the the literal the fact that they literally i mean i used to think it was just sort of like people hanging out or kind of a clubby thing no it really was when somebody was a drag mother they are your parent they are yeah they they take people in and it's 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 really much stronger bond which is wonderful you know so you, you learn things and and pose has just gotten um second season order and again i would like highly highly recommend it to people um jiggly did a a, a small cameo like two weeks ago and i was gonna say i thought jiggly had cameoed it and i haven't watched it yet i've got the first two episodes but i've been way busy with work and then trying to edit podcast episodes yeah so I've, been able to I've sadly not been watching yet. a lot of tv but post just kind of grabbed me early on and um, this week this is eight episodes long this coming sunday will be which will be passed by the time this gets onto the air um uh, but this coming sunday will be the the season finale of the eight episodes and um i haven't watched a lot of ryan murphy's stuff but he was saying that actually most of his stuff is kind of dark and, and twisted. And this is actually, considering the fact that it's about New York City, you know, in the, the mid 80s and the AIDS crisis and just the life of, um, you know, transgender people in New York City. Um, it's actually, it, it's very heartening. There's like a lot of family. It's, it's kind of soapy, but in a good way. And the, the acting for the most part is great. The soundtrack, um, if you go on Spotify, there actually is the uh, you can get the soundtrack of everything each week and they update it. So it's everything from just like disco stuff and house music to new wave to pop songs. This is the all 80s stuff. Um, and it's, it's fabulous and it's really, really interesting uh, overall. So and I highly recommend it. And like I said, they're going to season two. I don't know when it's good. they're going to start filming again, but it's great. And also in terms of the trans, the trans community, um, this the biggest, you know, a uh, cast of transgender people on the show. Um, Janet Mock and Our Lady J produce. Uh, Janet Mock wrote and directed uh, at least one episode this season. So it's good, again, for visibility, diversity, and all that good stuff. So thus endeth that rant. <laughs> That's sermon, <laughs> children. But um, again, highly recommended if you can get FX. I don't know if it's on in the UK at all, Chris, but I think you... I'm going I'm to look it up the minute we get off here. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. Um, and it's just like visually, it just it's shot great i just i love it and um i also uh mc i think of you because evan peters is in it um and I, I, he's a snack yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at his poor character is such a schmuck on this well-meaning schmuck um who works speaking for... of evan peters did you see the um did you see the thing that was going around social media there's a picture of him on the new american horror story set where it's like uh he looks like sharon from about six years ago Oh wow! And it's like oh all God. these pictures going. Confirmed, Sharon Needle stars in AHS season whatever. <laughs> I actually, and it, well, I had, I had to double take on it. I was like, hang on, what? Oh no, it's Evan P. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need to check that out yeah, have, because also I've got a weird Sharon Needles crush. I've got to watch AHS. I mean, I'm not a big horror fan, but I, I started to watch the Coven season and liked it, and then got sidetracked. So I really need to like go back and catch some past episodes. So. Ryan Murphy is really good up until like the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping with Pose that's not the case because, like I said, there are yeah, other people I behind mean, it. it. Sounds like from the story. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it, like I said, this is more soap opera, but in a good way. And poor Evan Peters, he's like the straight white boy who suddenly finds himself kind of thrown into this whole like 
world of a trans people of color without trying and his poor his poor stan is such a hapless schmuck but he means well um and he works for the trump corporation in 1980s new york so (laughs) they've gotten some really good digs in without even trying because unfortunately it's all true it was new york so yeah um but and also i keep my brain keeps making quicksilver jokes which is probably a bad <laughs> for all you x-men fans out there because he's a really good quicksilver um so uh yeah um so there we have our season 10 um we're probably going to be you know trying to do like i don't know monthly or whatever catch-ups until the next season so um chris you're welcome to join us you know i don't know what you we're going to where do. i am Yes, we do. And got on. God knows I'll be bugging you. Um, you know, but we're, you know, probably just rumors or stuff that kind of like stands out to us. You know, so it's just. To- yeah, we do have a couple of ideas for some episodes we can do. And who knows, we might go back and revisit some old seasons because we do love our old seasons yeah. that we haven't been able to cover. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so the future is wide open. Um, but I want to thank everybody for doing this. This 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 yeah, hello uh thank everybody for doing this this long six month long i have no idea <laughs> six decade nine months 12 days and four hour marathon of dragging drag racing um hopefully next year whenever we get season 11 you know we won't, we won't have a double back-to-back season like i said i would like a little bit of respite but i want to thank everybody for for doing that and the people who have actually been listening and, and joining in too so um, I don't think we need to do charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent this time unless anybody wants to. Like nah. season one, so. nah. I think we're kind of burnt out. <laughs> yeah, I think Aqu- Aquaria got the crown, so you know, yeah. there's there's been enough awards for for now. So thank you again, Chris. This is just like so awesome that uh, you. Oh no, honestly, us. guys, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, no, we love it. Um, and honestly, I, I think I may have mentioned or maybe not. I was they've had Harry Potter weekends on uh, t- TV last weekend or so and i happened to turn on chamber of secrets which is one of my favorite films anyway <laughs> and there you were and i just started like giggling because it was like i when i saw this movie in the theater 120 years ago or whenever it was like <laughs> it's about it's about that long ago yeah <laughs> yeah I, I never thought we would be you know i'd be doing a podcast on drag race about you know with you which is just like awesome so thank you some things are just meant to be hey yeah it's all karma man so <laughs> <laughs> now we just need a, a percy weasley funko pop since you know yeah uh, just say that again funko pop funko pop anyway so let's wrap this all up so thank you to everybody season 10 is finally at an end yay aquaria and i think we can all say bye so okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>